Hello and welcome! You are listening to the Hypnobot podcast with me, Claire Smith, a doula and hypnobirthing teacher from Edinburgh. And this is Summer School. It's a two-week series of daily bite-sized episodes to help you cram in as many golden nugget tips for birth in as little time as possible. Because summer's busy. So let's get into it. Hey pals, how are you? Today I'm going to be talking to you about how labour starts. So this, I don't know how I'm going to do this in 10 minutes because there are so many different ways and it looks, it can look so different for everyone. Um, So I'm just going to be skimming through the different ways that your labour might start. And I'm going to start with, start by talking about waters breaking because I think down to Hollywood films and the media and all its different forms, most of us think that labour begins with your waters breaking. But actually it's only around 10% of people, maybe not even that much, that will experience their labour beginning with their waters breaking. Um, the reason that we see this so often on TV and in movies as the way labour begins is because it's a very visual representation of labour starting. Um, this gush of fluid, that's a very visual thing um, and symbolises a baby being on their way. If your labours break, if your labours break, <laughs> if your waters break as your first sign of labour, chances are your contractions might not start straight away. It's very common for your contractions to take about 24 hours to get going. Um, Some people wait longer than that. Some people, most people will have had their contractions start within 48 hours of your waters breaking. But the thing is, most trusts in the UK and if you're listening from wider afield, I'm sure your provider will have their own guidelines on this. But generally, there is an idea that labour needs to be induced within the first, within 24 hours of your waters breaking. Because without that bag of membranes to protect baby, there is an increased risk of infection to baby. But there's also an increased risk of infection to you. That risk changes the longer it's been since your waters have broken. But your waters breaking is a very normal way for labour to start. It's also very, very normal to wait and it doesn't necessarily spell bad news. So chat to your midwife. Um, The things that you'll want to look out for when your waters break is that the fluid is clear, that it doesn't have a particular smell to it. and that there's nothing in it. So sometimes if baby passes meconium in utero, there will be some of that meconium in your waters. Again, that doesn't necessarily spell bad news if you see meconium in your waters, but you might want to give your midwife a call and have a chat about what your options are, what next steps are, how you can check in on baby to make sure that they're doing okay and how you can check in on yourself as well and make sure that you're okay. Uh, one of the things that you can check at home straight away is your temperature. Um, if you have an infection, your temperature will 
generally go go up. Um, so your midwife may ask you to check that over the phone. They might not. They might invite you to come into the hospital for some checks. They might not. The most important thing to bear in mind is that because that barrier is compromised between baby and the outside world, we really don't want to put anything into the vagina. So don't have sex as a way to start your contractions going. Um, the way that the vagina clean, the vagina is self-cleaning and it moves bad bacteria down and out. So even if, you know, even like having something like a vaginal exam where everything is as sterile as it could possibly be, what it can do is push that, push any bad bacteria in the vagina up towards the cervix, which isn't what we want to do. So generally your midwife will not offer a vaginal exam straight away. Um, because they'll want to limit the number of vaginal exams that you have to try and reduce that risk of infection for you and for baby. But for the rest of you, the other nine and ten, um, it's likely that your contractions will start and that will be your first sign of labour. And again, that looks different to everybody. Some people can experience that as kind of period-like cramps very irregular to begin with um, or they might just come storming in straight away that's also very normal um, but it's likely that your contractions will start small infrequent quite short not too intense and that they'll build gradually um, and again it varies for everyone how long that build-up phase will last and what you should do in that build-up phase is whatever your body is guiding you to do. If your body is telling you to go for a nap, you should absolutely go for a nap regardless of what time it is um, because your contractions are more likely to ramp up in the evening and through the night. Part of that is because we naturally just relax more in the evenings. Um, if you think about going to sleep, that's about as relaxed as you possibly get and being relaxed, being calm, feeling safe, those are all really crucial factors for the unfolding of birth. But another reason that your labour is likely to ramp up in the evening is that the hormone melatonin, so our sleepy hormone, it boosts oxytocin's function. So the two of those hormones work together, oxytocin and melatonin, to build your contractions. So that's why you're going to tend to see most of your labour in a physiological birth most of your labour is likely to be through the night. So resting during the day is crucial. Don't think that because your contractions have started, you need to drag yourself out for a walk. If you want to go for one, absolutely do. Um, you know, going for a walk in early labour is one of those old wives tales with a bit of truth to it. It can help get baby into a good position. Being upright, kind of jiggling baby around, kind of puts a bit more pressure in your cervix. That can help with um, the cervix thinning down and beginning to dilate. Um, being out in nature releases happy hormones, doesn't it? Um, endorphins, also good for labour. All these things are, are very beneficial. But if everything in your body is telling you to go to bed and you drag yourself out for a walk because Auntie Jean has told you that's the thing to do, you're going to negate any good, like any good benefit of it um, because your body is going to be like, oh, why are we out on this walk? We should be at home. We should be sleeping. Um, 
And instead of being pumped with dopamine and endorphins, your body's going to be like adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. And that is not good for labour. So yeah, do things like go for a walk if you want to. But otherwise, you could just be snuggled up with your any other kids you might have on the couch watching Frozen. You could be eating a cake. You could be doing a bit of nesting, organising baby vests, folding socks, that kind of thing. Um, just definitely just tune into your body, rest as much as possible. Labour is hard work. So really don't chase your labour. If it's if you feel like it's the early stages, as much as possible, try to just ignore it and get on with whatever it is that you want to be doing. One of the other hormones that's active in the early stages of labour is prostaglandins so what your prostaglandins are doing is they're working to thin that cervix down to make it really soft so that it's easier for it to open and pull up over baby's head prostaglandins what they can also do is make you feel like you got a bit of a dicky tummy uh, so they can send you to the toilet you might feel like you've eaten something dodgy that can be one of the signs of early labour, like your body having a bit of a clear out. Um, same with vomiting, that can also be a sign of early labour. You might experience something called your bloody show. Lovely name, but that's where your mucus plug comes away. So your mucus plug is a plug of mucus that is kind of like gluing shut your cervix to keep out any nasty bacteria from getting into your baby. So as your cervix begins to open, that will delightfully plop out. And it's a strange thing to look at, I'm not going to lie to you. It's like a big, snotty, bloody bogey. Yeah, lovely. Um, <clears throat> there, It's usually tinged with a little bit of blood, but if there's any fresh blood or if there's anything that you just think is a bit concerning, give your midwife a call because they are going to be the best person to tell you if what you're experiencing is normal. And if they're concerned about anything, they'll just ask you to probably hang on to it, which will feel a bit weird. It will feel a bit weird to go into triage and hand someone a snotty bloody bogey that came out of your vagina. But if your midwife wants to see it, they want to see it. One thing that I will say about labour beginning is that it is really, really normal for your labour to be stop start in the beginning. And that is going to feel really annoying. But it's very, very normal and it's your body's way of doing a little bit of work and having a rest doing a little bit of work and having a rest. At the moment, I am working with a doula family and probably for the past two weeks, she's been having periods through the night of a few hours of contractions, sometimes to the point where she's just been about to phone me and then they've stopped. Um, and it's all it's all working towards the same thing. We have this idea that faster is better, but it's not. Slow and gradual is generally the best way with birth. 
that's how I want you to really be thinking about in the pushing stage as well. Obviously, I'm jumping ahead here. We're talking about how labour starts. I'm talking about pushing now. But slow and gradual is your body's way of giving itself time and space to adjust to the intense experience that is childbirth. You know, it's a it's a mammoth task. Your body is has been working for nine months-ish to keep this baby tightly wrapped inside of you. And now it needs to soften and open and then baby needs to begin to make their journey down and out. There is a lot that needs to happen. Basically what I want to say by putting this little chunk in here is that if you spend four, five, six hours through the night in labour thinking this is it my baby is coming I am in labour and then everything stops that does not mean that labour has completely stopped that means it has paused it does not mean that all the work you did the night before was for nothing because labour doesn't go backwards okay so any work that you did with your body through the night that is still there You have just pressed pause and what you should do with that day is have a really nice time. Treat yourself. Expect that labour will pick up again in the night time. So you want to rest as much as possible and really just try not to be too disheartened. I know it's so hard coming from me sitting here on the other end of this podcast. But honestly, you're body is smart it is so clever it is doing what it's designed to do and it's getting itself a little head start so that when labor does start you are ready for it you are rested you are fueled and you are ready to go all right team i am going to leave it there today i could have talked about this for a long long time but i'm trying to keep these short next week summer school really will be out every single day i have got five episodes on you which are my three tips for different things so we're kicking off on monday with my three tips for distraction in labor then following up following that up with three tips for birth partners my three favorite essential oils three items in my doula bag and then the three stages of labor cool right i'm gonna leave you there folks have a fab weekend see you soon thanks so much for listening to this episode of the hypno walk podcast don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode and you can find out more about what i'm up to by heading to birthingparentsclub.com see you next time